Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Test one, two, test one, two, test one, two. Test we're one. We're good. We're good. We're good. 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 I cannot listen to this. It's like a playback. So I'm hearing that now. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. But we're in. Ah, it's like a delay. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, they used to always fuck me up at at, uh, at remotes whenever we would uh, when cell phones first became a big deal, or iPhones and stuff, the smartphones, mm-hmm. because there was always like that second and a half delay or half second delay. So yeah. I would say it, say it, say it, and I'll be, oh my god, it kids drive me crazy. I just learned how to just ignore it, you know. Yeah, there is a uh, there's a prank phone caller I like to listen to. It's Longmount Potion Castle, and he plugs his thing into some kind of a synthesizer, and like his whole thing with his prank calls, he'll do like businesses or act like he works for UPS trying to deliver a package, but he'll do like an echo effect. And, like, his whole thing is just trying to confuse yeah, the yeah, person he's talking yeah. to to a point to where they're just completely discombobulated. Yeah, they're like, yeah. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> a, you're, like, in an echo chamber, and you're telling me I got a package. <laughs> he's, he's, it's fun. Some of, them, some of them, the guys get just downright nasty with him, and then every now and then yeah. he'll call somebody, and they'll have a little fun with him. But Do you remember the Jerky Boys? I don't. Man, the Jerky Boys were like the big shit. They were the first prank callers that I remember that like went out. They had a major label and they got to put out CDs and shit. The Jerky Boys were fucking huge. There's a bunch of guys from like Brooklyn or somewhere, you know, so straight up New York flavor. Um, but they were, they were funny as shit. And I forget where the Jerky Boys got popular at, but anyway. Are we recording? Is this it? Yeah, this is the intro. This is it? We're doing... Or it's freaking... All right, so to give you an idea of what happened, <laughs> it's like my software is... Uh, it's not working. So uh, I downloaded a different software so that we could record this. And uh, welcome to an untapping vinyl. I got Monk on here with me again. And we're going to start with the untapped portion. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I've never... I've never... I don't know, New Belgium, when New Belgium first came out with Fat Tire, everybody was like, oh, this is a great beer, blah, blah, blah. And at that point, I'm knee-deep in hops and all this other yeah. shit, you know, the funkier, so the better. Fat Tire's... Yeah, Fat right Tire, past. I'm like, that's just like a like a 
Miller Lite. Amber, Amber Budweiser, yeah. you know what I mean? But I don't know, man. New Belgium has 100% stepped up their game outside of Fat Tire. And I understand it. It's a great amber. It's a great beer. I'm not going to talk bad about it. And it never really tasted horrible to me. It always tasted good. But when they hit the Voodoo Ranger stuff and started coming out with the Liquid Paradise, which, you know, I think we've had on we the show before, that, yeah. the Liquid Paradise... Probably my favorite. Because on that day, I almost went with a Voodoo Ranger. Mm-hmm. And I told you, and you was like, uh-uh, do the Paradise. Yeah, but I love these the Voodoo Rangers and the uh, and the variations that they have. So today, we're going the Imperial IPA, which I've never had before. Um, I don't know. I haven't checked it in on Untapped yet, so I don't know if I have or haven't. But uh, I've got to get started on a, that. It's a solid beer, man. It's a very solid IPA. It's, it's kind of, it's a little more amber. It's not as... Yellow as the majority of IPAs. No that haze I would have, at all. Yeah, no haze at all, obviously. But and they've got a hazy IPA out right now that's really good, uh, Voodoo Ranger. So I mean, props to New Belgium. They're doing yeah. things good, doing things right. You could find it all over the place here in the in the uh, craft bo- uh, beer cesspool of Mississippi. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> I tell you what's really taken over is that parish. Mm. Solid, solid. Rightly so. I mean, yes. just just last night we had uh, two of their IPAs. You got one in the fridge, the Envy. Envy, yeah. The double dry hopped is the one I was drinking. You were drinking the regular Envy, I think. I had them or, both. I liked oh. the, the double was better. Yeah. But the double disappeared quicker for obvious reasons. Because <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> but you also had the Ghost, man. Man, I had to go. I brought the Ghost to the machine on my own, sure enough. Yeah, uh, that's... That's solid. I mean, I still think, I mean, I love Ghost in the Machine. 100% love it. But I think 101%, I love that bloom a little better. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a little sweeter. I know the alcohol content is not the same, but yeah. there's just something about that bloom. It's just, it's, it's what I like. You know, it's good and hazy. You but know? we've already covered it. Yep, we've had that on here before. But like, with that untapped, uh, I think we've talked about it in the past. This is a website to where you can just check off what It's you an have. app. Yeah, it's an app you can check off. Like, if you and I are friends on Untapped. You'll see what I post. You'll see pictures. If we're hanging out drinking a beer together, we could check in together the same beer, um, you know, that, that I'm drinking it with. You know, now that goes with your Instagram, the Untap page that you do, right? Um, it doesn't really go along with it. They're not connected anyway. Okay, but yeah, but, but yeah, I do have. I mean, I've got my normal Monk on the radio, um, which is my personal Instagram account. But then I've also got Monk on Tap because you know, back in the day in Tuscaloosa, Band of Brothers brewed up the Monk on the radio. Belgian blonde mm-hmm. and so I said well shit I'm posting a lot of pictures on my monk on the radio account of beer and I know how that can get annoying because I mean I I know when when one of my Instagram friends gets pregnant I know I'm going to see 18 friends holding her belly and then I'm going to see pictures of her kid after that over so I was over. like I don't want to be that dude and my my on your person my crutch was beer I guess yeah. so I finally just started a, a monk on tap yeah. And and started posting my beer pictures there, you know, kind of deflected everything because I do post a lot of pictures of beer, but luckily, not on the personal account. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. Like if you if I try a beer and I check it in and you like it, you could toast it. You can comment on it. You know, you win badges and things like that. At one point, I had over thirty three hundred unique check ins. And I thought that Untapped was making me drink beer abnormally. Like I was just drinking beer just to check just the to shit check in, in, you know. Yeah. So finally, I said, "No, you know what? Screw it." I went ahead and deleted the account. Yeah. So now I think I'm Monk on the Radio One because Monk on the Radio. I can't remember the password to get back into it, but I deleted it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. So now I'm like up to 
300 or 400 or something like that. So still kind of fresh in it, but you know, I'm not a, not a beginner by any means on the craft oh, no. beer. You, you always take it to the next level when we're talking about it. So back just to the Imperial by Voodoo Ranger just for a second. Yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's like, good. It's, it's, it's a little, it's very floral, almost a little sweet. Um, which I like, but I mean, I think the thing that gets me is the amber color mm-hmm. and not the yellow or the, the, you know what I mean? The kind That was of, the first thing I noticed. Yeah. Was the color. And I was like, this is, this doesn't look like a traditional. And, and you know, I mean, I do know a lot about beer, but I don't know what the hell makes it. I guess it's like the malt, though, the way they, the malt is, is, you know, in there longer or something, yeah. cooked longer or roasted longer. I don't know. I mean, it all could be kind of what kind of malts they use. That'll be something for Bo and Elliot when we have them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they could tell you shit and everything. Good gracious. Yeah, that's going to be a fun show. It says a rare blend of choice hops creates all explosion. I don't have my glasses on and it's dark in here. Um, of fresh cut pine and citrus flavors for a complex, rich, and delicious finish. Well, I get the citrus. It's in there. Yeah, oh, the citrus is in there. That's probably probably the citra hops that they're probably using in that. You know what I looked at today? But I, I remembered um, that you're not really into it. It's like... Um, those Nudie four, pictures? The, no, well... The, uh, <laughs> I'm into those, though. What? The 420. Yeah. Uh, the hemp thing. Yeah, I, no, I'm not into the strains so I was that like, they're doing lately. And I, I got to reading because it caught my eye, 420 IPA, and then I got to reading it said hemp, and I was like, yeah, we don't need to go that route. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not into the hemp flavor. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'll not make it a secret that I've, you know, never smoked pot because I have, but I just, that flavor, I don't want it in my beer. And it it tastes like you, when you have like the Hemperator, which is, uh, was that a New Belgium? I think so. With somebody, whoever it is, but the Hemperator, yeah, Hemperator. Okay. Um, That beer, when I'm through drinking it, it tastes like I've just eaten pot and I don't like that flavor. Yeah. I don't mind it as I'm drinking it. It's fine. Yeah. You know, it, it, gives it, a, it gives a little neat, unique flavor, but at the end, I get no hops, no nothing. All I got is pot in my mouth, and I don't love that. <laughs> yeah. So I try to stay away. And I bought the 420, the, the number nine strain or whatever it is, the one you see all over the place with the skeleton trout that's, or whatever. That's you the know. one I saw yeah. today. And it, it caught my eye. I got it. It wasn't as, as heavy and hardcore as the Hemperator. But it still was a little much for me. But I mean, I'll you bring them, I'll drink them. You know, I was, I was looking I'm for not the breakfast. I told you I was looking for the breakfast IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had or that, the breakfast stout. The breakfast from founders, stout. Yeah. yeah. I was looking for that one, and uh, I had that with Jimmy. Uh, I had him on last week, mm-hmm. and that's what he picked out for the show. And uh, that was that's a damn good beer. Yeah, damn good beer. Well, I think next time I got to get. I'm gonna get over to Tuscaloosa this week. Um, and we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some snake handler. We haven't done snake handler on the show yet. Better just grab a four pack. I'm gonna grab a bunch. But I, you know, I mean, like I said, we're in like a craft beer I got void a, over here. So I'm gonna go over there, and I always pick up a bunch of beers. Grabbed so. a. Uh, I did them dirty. Oh no! I grabbed a growler of that from uh, Lusa. I think they had it on tap a couple snake? of weeks ago. I think. Yeah. Like, I know they have it in the cans right now, but I think they had it on tap. Or whatever I grabbed, it was stupid stout. It was the stoutest one they had at Lucid. And we, yeah. we were going over uh, to watch the first Bama game. Oh, no. You didn't make it through halftime, did you? No, it was fine. Like, uh, my other buddy didn't. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he got to drinking and he's like, I don't really like it. It's got like a, kind of like a liquor. It's got a burn to it. And I was like, it's stout. I was like, you got to take it easy. And he mm-hmm. didn't take it easy. <laughs> What's he normally drink? You know, it's like a, a light, like yeah. whether a Bud Light or a Miller Light. Oh, gotcha. So. Well, I'm going to tell you a little little secret, and I guess I'm telling everybody else that's listening to this right now. But if you're in the Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Bessemer area, and I'm not telling you to not go buy Lucid Brews and buy you beer. Please do. But if you ever get over to the Winn-Dixie at Exit 1 in McCalla or McAdory, right there at McAdory High School, that Winn-Dixie over there, Piggly Wiggly over there, you can get a growler. You bring your own growler, or you, they'll give you a little half-gallon milk jug mm-hmm. full of snake handler for ten dollars there you go i mean that you when can't... i when i lived in mccalla in lakeview area yeah man I, we were there like once a week getting two or three of those half gallons full of snake handler there was a piggly wiggly when i was living down in mobile i would go over to foley to hang out with friends yeah and uh i don't know why I'm, and i guess some places do it around here that Piggly Wiggly had a pick six. Mm-hmm. And so you just grabbed your six pack and like whatever craft beer you wanted to try, yep. you just grabbed six yep. of whatever you wanted. And it was like a, you know, a flat rate, nine ninety nine. Yep. Yeah, pick sixes used to be a big deal, um, you know, uh, in Tuscaloosa and surrounding areas for a good long while. But I think it became so like generic, you know, they kept just putting out stuff that you could buy normally. There was nothing really special and unique. So the pick sixes kind of became, um, you know, it was like just died out a little bit, I think, because a lot of grocery stores don't have it anymore. But Piggly Wiggly, I mean, props to those guys. They stepped up on the, they grabbed onto that craft beer. Kroger um, did it too, you know, from the one in, the one in okay, uh, Starkville okay. not, at least. Not, yeah, not the one in Columbus, Mississippi, yeah. no. The no. one in Starkville at least. They, I mean, they at least, they're, you know, have the 420 strain and they got like the hot bullet and you know, all the different Voodoo Rangers and stuff like that here in Columbus. But, no, nah, it's nothing like that. But, but you know, you still go to Lusa. You go to Lusa, you can get, like, freaking off-the-wall Omnipolo stuff. You can get Snake Handler. You can get stuff like that, and you pick six. You know, it's not going to be, you know, pick six for nine ninety nine like it is at the grocery stores because you're paying for, you know, $3 quality, you know, good 16-ounce beers, you know. So a little different there, but... I'm all about a pick six, yeah. man, because I could try the stuff that I normally wouldn't want to buy a whole six pack of. Right. I love a pick six. That's, that's why I like it. Yep. And uh, today, uh, when that. Give me a pick nine, I'll take it. Yeah, pick 12, <laughs> son. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. That's it. That's it. In Hop, in Hop City in Birmingham, they've got a phenomenal uh, selection. I mean, you basically, you can go through that entire store. Have you been to Hop City? I have not. You can go through every beer on every shelf. You could, If you see a beer that you want to try that's not in their little pick six section, all you do is pick one out. You got to take the rest of the six pack over to the pick six area and drop the rest of them off and then put that one in your thing. And you're good to go. So any beer in there you want, you can make a six-pack out of something. There you go. Yep. That's like Val's today, which is it's different now. When I first worked in Starville, I was just asking. Mm-hmm. I was like, so where's a good place? Obviously, Brewski's. You know, it's a two-story gas station. Yeah. It has a craft beer. But, like, after 4 o'clock, especially after all the college students moved back to Starville, Brewski's kind of hard to get in and out of, so I don't yeah. like going there. But Val's is very easy. And uh, walked in today, the they didn't really have the selection. Once again, I'd probably thank the college students for that. But, yeah. Uh, 
that's why we didn't have the breakfast, but with Voodoo Ranger. But like, if you are in the Startwell area, there's a bar restaurant called Rosie Baby. They have over 85 craft beers no on tap. No joke. Rosie Baby, right there at the railroad tracks. That's it. Stepping and, up their and, game. And their, their claim to fame on their sign as you go by is like most taps in Mississippi. I don't know if that's true, yeah, but 85 is quite a bit. Imagine, I can imagine it, yeah. I mean, are they including like Budweiser and Michelob Ultra on tap? They, they do. And if they, yeah, I mean. But yeah. that's the front bar. The back bar is like just particularly craft. Yeah. So it's a cool little place. And they yeah. got, you know, crawfish and things like that if you're mm, into that. Yeah. So. yeah. If you're in the Starbucks area and you want to flounder a little bit, check this out. This is not a paid endorsement, but it should be. There you go. <laughs> check out Rosie Baby, which is owned by Brewskis, which is why they have really? all the craft beer I that they have. I did not know that. Same guys. Okay, so next time we do the podcast, you got to go buy a Brewskis, mm-hmm. and it's that time of season. I I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm, I buy into the whole pumpkin spice bullshit. I do. I don't know what it is. Pumpkin spice latte, it's just milk and sugary shit but it's one of my favorites but the Pum King Southern Tears Pum King okay. it's a double it's or it's an imperial pumpkin ale it is freaking phenomenal alright so that it's might so be the, good. that's the next show the Pum King it's got a little jack-o'-lantern with a crown on mm-hmm. that's the bottle it's freaking phenomenal <laughs> I love the Pum King people make fun of me all the time because they're like oh pumpkin beers blah 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 shit on that no, yeah, that's a phenomenal. Well, it's it appeals to me. Same thing, I guess. Like uh, Samuel Adams, they do the Oktoberfest. Yeah, and like every year, like people lose their shit over that. Yeah, and then it, you know it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good beer. Yeah, but I don't like. It's almost like the pumpkin spice latte for uh, all the Starbucks chicks is like it's not anything I lose my shit over. Yeah, but I think Alan, if you like a pumpkin beer. I think either Shafley's pumpkin beer that they do, which you can't get anywhere around here. You got to go out of state for it. Luckily, I used to have somebody lived up that way, yeah. would bring it down. Shafley's, they got a solid fucking pumpkin beer. Where's that beer. out of? Michigan. Yeah, somewhere around there. Probably Some, so. Yeah, Midwest. Um, but man, the pumpkin, I love it. It knocks my socks. I look for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Southern Tier, too. Mm-hmm. Um, great, great brewery. Let's step off in the music. So All right, then. I know a lot about that, too. I want to I want to start right here. Okay. So it's been a couple of weeks. It's been a while since we've got up. Yep. And done a That's been a, God, like two months, hasn't it? If it hasn't been that long, it feels that long. Yeah. So Druid City Music Festival. Yes. Unload that for me, man. How was the experience? Uh, the experience was cool. Um, we had a very bad storm come through midway through, which canceled half of CBDB's, CBDB's set and canceled all of Southern Avenue. So I think a lot of people, when that rainstorm came through, said, hmm, because yeah, we had sold over 4,000 tickets to the thing. Um, and and that, was that, that was like two months before the festival that I heard the, the number 4,000. So I don't know how many we sold after that, because mm-hmm. I think there were 7,000 available to the festival. So there was never at any time like an overwhelming amount of people, but it was, it was, it was comfortable, mm-hmm. the crowd was. Um, but it was very cool to be on stage um, to be able to to see um, what was the band that had all the damn colors, uh, tur- tur- turquoise, turquoise blew me away. 
it's like a soul band mm-hmm. and they were all they all had different colors like the Teletubbies or the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers okay. so okay. like their microphones like the pink one had a pink microphone uh-huh. and the blue one had a blue microphone so that's the gimmick man but it's their gimmick but they were absolutely phenomenal live and of course I could never say enough about how damn good Blackberry Smoke is yeah that's that's where I wanted to go with this and so yeah. got to announce them not only that got to meet them yep I got to meet you finally because I've you I've, didn't want to do that yeah because uh, on the radio or on the telephone um, working in radio at 95.3 The Bear in Tuscaloosa for so many years for 11 years I worked over there and did that um, I uh, I got a chance to interview Charlie Starr the lead singer like four different times when they played Tuscaloosa or Birmingham but never had a chance to meet him and it was just like open season because I had a all access all all access backstage pass, yeah. um, and it's really straight up cool bunch of dudes. Charlie Starr especially. Whenever the whole show was about to end, Big Boy was on stage. I had some friends, and rather than walk around the outside of the festival, I said, "Well, let's just walk through the backstage area. Nobody's checking right now, and we'll just go on out the side door yeah. and right there by my car." So I went through, and Charlie Starr was walking out of his bus. You know, I said, hey, Charlie. And he said, hey, man, come on. So I came on over there, and I introduced him to my friends. And he was yeah. just as sweet and nice as he could possibly be. So I was very happy uh, about that. I know his his road crew, they didn't want me on stage. They didn't want me in their business because they had a lot of shit to handle, a lot of yeah. stuff to do. load in, um, load out. Yeah, you know, they had a lot of stuff to do. I under- fully understand the, the stress and pressure they were under because they had – they had more equipment than any band I've ever seen being really? backstage. Blackberry Smoke, hands down. They had 112 guitars. It was ridiculous. Really. I mean, they had so fifth, every at, at least was... 15 guitars between Charlie Starr and the, the lead guitar player. Wow. At least 15 guitars back there. And two big, gigantic racks. The rolling racks, you know. Mm-hmm. They just basically take the front off of it and all their guitars are lined up. Mm-hmm. At least 15 guitars. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But... Just a great production all the way around. That was uh, like the third stop, I think, or second stop on their new tour that they're doing. And I'll get a chance to see them this weekend. I'm going up to uh, Louisville, Kentucky, to the Bourbon and Beyond Festival where Blackberry Smoke's playing. So great. seems to work like that. This will be the fifth time because in 2016 I saw Blackberry Smoke three times um, in between Mississippi and Alabama. So, man, I just I love them. I can't say enough about them. Big Boy, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I would have loved to see Andre with him. Yeah, that would have been even cooler. Um, but he did uh, the majority of his songs were Outcast songs. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he he didn't he didn't slack on it. He had a guy singing with him that kind of did the Andre parts and stuff like that. I didn't stick around for the entire um, uh, Big Boy show, but no, because I was just hoping I would get a fist bump. But I didn't introduce anybody. Oh. I said, hey, coming up, Blackberry Smoke, or coming up, Big Boy, you know? And yeah. and I walked off stage, and then two or three minutes later, they'd come out and yeah. be going, you know? Um, so I was hoping to get a fist bump from Big Boy, but totes not, because he comes walking out, and I was not, like, I wouldn't be in, like, the groupie and stuff and going to hold up my camera and take a picture of him walking. Yeah. But he had this gigantic fellow. When I say gigantic, I mean, he was ha- he was over twice the size of Big Boy, because Big Boy's big not boy. a gigantic fellow. Yeah. He's not as big as you would think. He's he not was. as big as his name. Yeah, he's, and he's not as big as me. I mean, I'm yeah. six two and a quarter, so... Um, but yeah, big boy comes out, this big guy's in front of him and all the girls are lined up in front of me, you know, they work for the restaurants that cater to backstage and stuff. And he's like, cameras down. So everybody automatically got everything off and big boy was right behind it. Big boy could have cared less. It didn't matter to him. You know, he was just like, I just want to get on stage and do my thing. And, but really a great show all the way around. I mean, the city of Tuscaloosa, 
Um, the people who came out really, uh, you know, awesome of them to support because I think at the end, um, at the end, you always got to figure out whether you're in the red or you're in the black, you know, on anything you do, um, where you're spending money or the city's money or, or any kind of money that you've got saved up. And I think there will be a Druid City Music Festival too, which I think is very cool. I think it's a great thing just yeah, for, definitely. uh, just for Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the the festival itself, like you had the stage, but you also had the local bar supporting local yep. acts. Yeah, that Friday night, 21, 21 different bars in town. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's and, a very big deal, yeah. And just to support your local musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, local and regional, because, I mean, yeah. not everybody was from Tuscaloosa I mean, that played boy, that. Yeah. Obviously not. Well, no, no, no. I mean, that played that Friday night. Yeah. We do have a lot of bands in Tuscaloosa, but... Not enough to like where all twenty one were, but man, it was just a it was a great thing all the way around. I think for Tuscaloosa, for the city, for the people who live there, um, you know, it puts us on the map as a festival destination. And they've and what was so crazy about the summer with Tuscaloosa is like they opened up the summer with a bicentennial fest when they oh, yeah. brought in cats like uh, the Commodores and Jason Isbell, Jason and the Isbell, unit, and Saint Paul, Saint and, Broken Paul Bones, and Broken yep. and it was all Alabama. Yep. You know? Like everyone Except they didn't have Alabama. They did not have Alabama. <laughs> Couldn't get my Dixieland delight on. There. That's it. But uh would have been cool to hear the Commodores or St. Paul and the Broken Bones do <laughs> Dixieland Delight. That would have been something. That would have been weird. It probably would have been. while you were talking about Big Boy coming out, this is this is something I wanted to talk to you about is uh uh cameras down. Yeah. Is so Dave Chappelle does this with his comedy, and Jack White does this as well when he's not at a festival because obviously you couldn't do it at a festival. But yeah, to go to a Jack White show, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if he does it for the Rackin' Tours that which is what's touring now for him. But um, special bag to get into the show, you put your phone in this bag, you hold the bag, you keep the bag, but the bag is inaccessible to you. Yeah. If you need to use it, you go outside and there's somebody that can unlock it. Now, if you leave the show and you don't get it unlocked, you can cut the bag and get your phone out. But the point of it is, is this show is meant for you to enjoy yeah. and don't be on the phone. Exactly. I mean, I'm all for that. I mean, all, all I ask, and I don't do, I don't typically do videos. I know when I went to Birmingham to see Pussy Riot, I did a video because she told us to video this yeah. and get it out to the public because she had messages within everything she did. Yeah. Um, but typically, I don't try to video. Um, I just let me take a picture or two because I mean, I mean, I'm a radio personality on Instagram. I want to be able to show people this is a cool show. You're going I went out, to, you got to check this. You know, and if I'm seeing somebody that's unknown, I want you to hear about them. You know, granted, majority of my pictures are freaking Lucero, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Because yeah. I've seen them so many times, but I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I mean, plus all the videos and stuff. I mean, you're you're taking stuff away from what the artist could be cashing in on. You know, you're giving them a show for free, giving somebody you, know, you get home and put it on YouTube and stuff like that. And I don't know how YouTube laws are, but I think they could probably be a little more strict about so what you too. put up. You know, but it's not just that. Like uh, I have friends that they'll go to a show, and I always know when they go to a show because their Snapchat. You have endless Snapchats yeah. of them filming the entire show, and I'll just send a snap back and be like, during the entirety of being at that show, did you ever put the phone down to realize <laughs> that you it. were having an experience? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. That you were being a part of something. 
I try. I try to, and I do. I, I, I mean, I love recording videos or taking pictures, but I do it very quickly, and I do it to where I don't, I don't do it enough to be noticed. You know what I mean? Because I want to watch the show. I want to experience it, especially with the shows that I go to, like a Lucero show. I want to be there. I want to be singing along to the songs. I don't want to be recording me singing along to the songs yeah. with everybody else. Yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. be actually experiencing it and getting into it and you know, be able to put my, my beer in the air and not my freaking phone, yeah. you know? That's just different strokes. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not against that at all. Yeah. I think if everybody started doing it and just made it an across-the-board thing, I'd be cool with it. And this was his thing, like, in the interview he was asked about it, which Jack White, he supposedly he doesn't even own a cell phone. He's not even yeah. on it. And, like, he, he would go so far as to say, like, uh, you know, I, I go out to eat and, like, everybody's just on the phones and mm-hmm. I'm just looking around, you know, and taking everything in while they're just on the phone. Yeah, it's ridiculous, said, yeah. So the backlash that he was expecting he was like I thought when people would get up to the gates and see those bags that they would demand their money back but when they came in and saw the show it was almost as if we took a time machine back before cell phones Mm -hmm. and it was like a real show yeah and he was like you take all the technology out and all you have everyone everyone's focus almost back to like pulling the lighter up and like lighting that lighter yeah yeah and Rather it, than hold your damn phone and up. It, yeah. And, yeah, and it was just a real experience. Yeah. And I was I think there's something to that, but like once again, I'm not going to hate on anybody. If you want to make a video. Sure. And, yeah, I, I like to see it. Yeah. So post it up and, yeah. and let me know. Tag me. Yeah, yeah but I mean, would, would he be cool about, you know, us bringing in disposable cameras from Kroger, you know? I have no idea. <laughs> you know? I have no idea. I mean, that's the way we used to do it, you know? I mean, um, I, I was guilty of it. I caught him at Memphis in May. Um, at the Bill Street Music Fest um, two years ago, maybe? Yeah. When he was, I've when never he was, seen him live. When he was touring um, Bornhouse Reach, that was under his solo. So that would have been last year. Yeah. Okay, last year. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I'm guilty. I recorded two songs, but like they were White Stripes songs, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I just missed the White Stripes. Yeah, I missed but, the White Stripes, too. Yeah. But uh, I, I just, I'm really into that. Um, the getting the experience of like being in the moment yeah and like not to go on like a social media rant but uh like you mentioned earlier is like uh i mean i i'm guilty of doing it for my podcast it's uh just all i post about is the podcast or maybe uh, a mother's all she posts pictures of her baby or yeah you, you know it gets it gets old but it, it, all, it all depends on what the person baby, who's looking know? at your stuff, it, yeah. what they're into. Yeah. You know, if they're into the baby thing, then they love those pictures. You mm-hmm. know, if they don't could give two shits, they give two shits and they move on. You know, yeah. um, I mean, I pay attention to your stuff about the podcast. You yeah. know, because I'm into that. I'm yeah. into the musicians that you're you're into. You know, yeah. Fuzzy and the Rust Belts, and yeah. you know everybody else who's been on the show. Yeah. Sean, I've, have you have you posted the episode from the show last night? Probably not at this point. I posted the sound check up. Yeah, and um, I've actually, Sean was kind enough to let me uh, record him playing uh, Orpheus. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, for the show, like, uh, so that'll be a YouTube clip. Um, by the time you hear this, it'll already be a thing. It'll be a thing tonight for us. But uh, and I've never done that. Yeah. Um, because with the podcast, like usually when I have an artist on, like just say take it all the way back to Soren, who was the first one. Yeah. Is I would take a fifty-five second clip. Which, you know, Instagram allows one minute. Sure, yeah. And so, well, I got one minute. Throw that up. And for the rest of it, 
I've, I need to be here because I'm interviewing or I'm yeah we're having a conversation, which was one thing that uh, Sean said about doing the podcast last night after we had done it was uh, that was a lot different than anything I'd ever done. He said it's usually question, question, question. He's like, I like your format and I think you're on to something because it felt more like a conversation. I was like, perfect. Yeah. That's why I call it porch talk. It's like, it's an interview, sure. Yeah. But realistically, we're just having a beer and having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you approach it differently because you don't come like me, like a lot of podcasters, I think, um, that I, the ones that I've listened to at least, a lot of them come from like a radio background or broadcasting background of some sort. So we're used to that format. Yeah. Because we want to be two minutes, we're out, interview's done. Let's play a song. Let's talk about the show that's coming into town tonight. Move on, you know? Yeah. But you're just, your delivery, your everything, it's just like you're laid back, you're having a conversation. Yeah. It's never like, like I feel no pressure coming into this interview, yeah. you know? It's just like, it's cool. We're just going to chat. Yeah. And we're going to freaking drink a lot of beer. Yeah. And I'm out. So yeah, I'm out too. Ask me a question. I'll go get us two beers out the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like, let's let's move on. Um, I want to spend a little time here, and this is for the for for the fans of Porch Talk. They, um, I had one send in a video saying that uh, I would love for you and Monk to cover this because y'all love the blues so much. I do love the blues. But I shared a video with you. Yes, that Chris Thomas King, who was the guy, in, he was uh, in. Uh, uh, Oh, oh, brother, brother Roth. He was the guy that sold us. Thanks, you owe me a coke. Well, you bought the beer, so I guess we're eating. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh, his claim is that the blues did not come from Mississippi; that it came from Louisiana. And also, and I don't want to spend a whole awful lot of time here because I think like we're talking about totally different things. Is. Um, is the blues came from Louisiana, not Mississippi, and that the blues is not a primitive art. And also that um, the blues, it is come from the French Quarter of Louisiana, New Orleans, and that it actually is a French word that means kind of more uppity. But when I think blues, I'm down in the dumps, you know. Or not necessarily, yeah. but that's the gist of what I feel. Yeah. All right, so the first thing, and you and I kind of hit on this a little bit out, out off the microphone, um, it doesn't matter where the blues came from. We got the blues. Yeah. Mississippi has championed the blues. We have probably more artists that have come from Mississippi that sing any form of the blues, whether they ended up in Chicago or ended up in Lafayette, Louisiana, or in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. We got more musicians that have championed it and we call ourselves the home the birthplace of the blues yes louisiana they champion the jazz they don't i mean that i mean the blues is, is a thing down there i've been to many because i lived in new orleans for a little while mm-hmm. i'm not saying new orleans i just say new orleans because that's where i lived um and metairie but but i mean you could talk about lafayette and baton rouge and all those places you know lake charles i mean sure. i'm sure the blues is thick down there but I never was overwhelmed with the blues. Like when I go stay at the Shack Up Inn in Clarksdale and I go over to, you know, the, the what's the little club that um, Ground Zero that Morgan Freeman owns, I hear the blues. I don't hear the jazz. 
Yeah. You know, and I go anywhere in New Orleans and I hear jazz, jazz. typically. Jazz. Maybe the occasional blues guy, maybe the occasional, you know, freaking piano bar that's playing some weird shit I don't understand. But, you know, I just think of the blues. I think of Mississippi. And granted, I was raised here in Mississippi, so it's a little more forward in my mind to think about Mississippi as the blues. But, you know, Memphis had the blues. Chicago had the blues. Harlem had the blues. Sure. And he talked about all of that. Um, I just think that Mississippi has done a better job. And as far as where it came from, as far as everything I've ever listened to, and you and I talked about a Robert Johnson documentary we both watched. Absolutely. You know, the blues was started from, you know, black spirituals. That's it right. It started from workers in the, in the fields and, and on the job and singing these spirituals. And mm-hmm. then eventually you would have people come up with their guitars and would sit on the, in the fields and For they the would play their guitars. Yeah. You know, and they would they'd play their guitars and they would play the blues. And then it ended up, they'd go out and they would, you know, cut heads on the corners yeah. and, and play against each other, joints. you know, right across the road from each other, outside these jukes. Just joints. trying to get that gig, man. Exactly, you know. So, I mean, who cares where the blues came from? The blues is everywhere. We got it as long as you love it and you understand it. And, I mean, occasionally, no matter what color you are, you felt the blues. Yeah. You know, um, the blues that I know of. And as far as what he was talking about, primitive blues... I think he was saying in the little clip, I think he was saying that the only, a lot of people only see the true form of the blues as being the primitive Delta blues, the, the raw in its you know, truest form. form. Um, the old guy sitting on the front porch stomping his foot playing with a bottleneck, you know. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's the kind of blues I prefer. Me too. Not not because it is that that's just that's what I just like that sound better than I like a bunch of horns included in my BB King guitar playing. You know, I mean nothing against BB King. I love his music too, but I prefer to hear Robert Johnson and Charlie Patton and you know all of these dudes on the front porch. R.L. Burnside up in the Absolutely. hill country, you know, and Absolutely. Cedric Burnside and T. Model Ford, all the Fat Possum stuff. Because that's what comes to my mind when I think blues, and like not to say that he's wrong or right, but like when he brought up, oh, when the Saints go marching in and all that, and it is a, it's not primitive by any means, but I think he was from that point he took it to more of the French side of things. Yeah. And I, I'm not like I, I I'm like you. I'm not going to argue over who done it first or what it means primitive or whatever the case is like when I think blues I think Robert Johnson I think R.L. Burnside I think Mississippi yeah when I think jazz I think Louisiana yeah and uh I that's that's just the end of it. Yeah, it's it's the old argument that everybody's always had. Who was the first person or the first band to bring, you know, rock punk to the mainstream? Was it the Ramones or the Sex Pistols? Ramones or Sex Pistols? Yeah. Who gives a shit? We yeah. got it. It's we, done. we have it. Yeah, I mean, it's just enjoy all of it, you know. Absolutely. Dig down into that punk rock, you know. Listen to to the Ramones. Listen to Sex Pistols, The Germs, Di, Black Flag, Bad Brains, Minor Threat. You know, all these people. I don't know. We've got it. Let's just run with it. Who cares where it came from? So while we're kind of off in punk for a second, yep. latest cover of... Uh... Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Some punk ska. All right. So you and I talked at, at length last year or first of the year mm-hmm. on a podcast about the Interrupters record, Absolutely. Fight to Good Fight, being one of the most phenomenal records I've ever heard. It was the record that finally, and I've tried for years because I've, I've been a punk rocker 
since I was a kid. So 40 plus years now. Yeah. I've been a punk, well, I'm going to say 35 plus years because I didn't start out listening to punk rock when I was five. But anyway, you know, 35 plus years I've been listening to punk rock and I've always wanted to get into ska, but I'd listen to Mustard Plug, I'd listen to Less of Jake and uh, Goldfinger and whoever else. And I just couldn't get into ska. It just wasn't there. But the Interrupters, I heard that record, I was like, fuck it, I'm a ska fan. Even the even Rancid couldn't get me into ska. Yeah. And the little bit that they do, Operation Ivy, all that stuff. So the Interrupters turned me on to ska 100%, and now I can listen to all of it. I can go back and listen to those bands that I just talked about. But they just did and released today a cover of them doing Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. And it is, all right, so I've always thought the best cover song ever performed all right there's a few of the best and i did a whole social media post on this i think johnny cash's cover of hurt is one of the most phenomenal nails one of the most phenomenal covers ever yes um then you got uh i'm drawing a blank on my dang post now thank you uh new belgium voodoo ranger imperial ipa i appreciate being untapped yeah we are very untapped um and then, to me, the Ataris covering Don Henley's Boys of Summer. Hell yeah. One of the best cover songs ever. Yeah, when you put that list, list out, like, yeah. I was like, you just made my damn list, man. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was wanting to make a list. Now yep. I just had to follow suit. You know, yeah. I can't even do it. And I think now the Interrupters doing Bad Guy, it was, oh my gosh. And I've been in, it's weird because it's not the style of music I ever listened to, but something about Billie Eilish is just cool as shit to me. I don't know what it is, and we've talked about that in the past with um, Sammy yeah. and Dustin. Yeah, is that uh, I don't know if it's her theatrics or I don't know what the approach is. Is like I just like Billy. Yeah, I'm it, for it. Yeah, I dig the attitude she's yeah. got. The fact she don't give a shit. Yeah, you know I I don't I don't understand what she does with her style of dress, but that's not what we listen yeah. to. So, you know, I'm not watching her. I'm just nah, listening. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But man, I mean, the interrupters, Amy interrupter and that bunch, they just, uh, they knocked it out of the park with that cover song. And if you follow me on Facebook or on Twitter, I reposted it. So you can go and watch the video now, or just go to, I think it's, uh, interrupter tweets, the interrupter tweets. Maybe it is on Twitter. Um, follow them and check out that video. I'm sure it's up on their Facebook page at this it point. It's on their YouTube Instagram. channel for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. It is phenomenal. And we listened to it at work today and just cranked it up. And all of us was like, oh my God, that's the best cover ever. You know, so. I know we've, we've talked about this. Uh, I've been on a Tyler Childers kick. Yeah. Once it's again. Phenomenal, man. And just to go off into that, I, I, I don't know what to call it, is. I don't even think Red Dirt is it, but like take Sturgill and take Tyler and those cats. It's country's in a weird place. Yeah. And so you have, I guess, what you would call radio country, and I think that started with like the it was something about that clap drum that changed everything. It was probably I think it happened eight years ago, to where everything on country radio just sounded exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Drum machine, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, then you have these cats like Sturgill and Tyler Childers come out, and you're like, it's almost like a reawakening of mm-hmm. country. And okay, so I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this. Here we go. First off, take Sturgill out of that mix. Okay. Okay, Sturgill, he's based in traditional country. But the stuff he's doing, it's Sturgill. 
It's nobody else. Nobody else is doing what Sturgill Simpson is doing. Listening to the new stuff, which, have you heard the new Sturgill song? It sounds like Sturgill Simpson meets Queens of the Stone Age. It's totally not a country thing. So, I, I, I'm, I'm th- I don't think I'm going to piss any Sturgill fans off by saying that, but Sturgill's is doing Sturgill. He's got his own form of music. That is one artist, I think, and there have been a few probably in the past that I don't think you could classify. Yes, you listen to the first two records, they're country gold. He's grounded in country. Yeah. But he's doing Sturgill. Tyler Childers, um, Coulter Wall, they've got their Whiskey own thing Myers. going too. Whiskey Myers, who I get to see this weekend at the I Bourbon and Beyond him, uh, Festival. I saw him two weekends ago. Bro. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're doing the, the traditional country thing and bringing it back. But I just, Sturgill, mm, I mean, a lot of people probably go, he's still country. I mean, I just don't hear country a lot in Sturgill stuff. Okay, I see I see that. You know? And he's also getting off in the movies. I don't know what you what you know about that, but he's, he's, I don't know he, he's getting more that. into, like, directing. Oh, and wow. And like going yeah. that direction. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sturgill puts out a record, I want to hear it. Years ago, I heard it was funny. Um, Rollins, Henry Rollins, um... Was was hosting a radio show, and he said he's talking about something that Perry Farrell was going to do from Jane's Addiction, and he says, you know what? It doesn't matter if Perry Farrell puts out a record of him, you know, beating on a drum with chopsticks. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna buy. Listen. I'm gonna buy it because it's gonna be fucking good because it's Perry Farrell. Sturgill I'm Simpson. Same way with Sturgill. Sturgill the same way. I'm gonna buy it because it's gonna be Sturgill. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be kind of weird. Because I know the whole, everybody yeah. Everybody thinks that the... Turtles the, turned up and... No, that one, that record right there, that made me excited. But the uh, the ship record, what was the record called? Oh, Pirates, whatever. I'm not yeah, sure. you know which one I'm talking yeah. about. Third record. That one kind of weirded me out. I was like, hmm, what are you doing there? You know, It was way different. Yeah, it was v- very way different. And this one here is supposed to be a lot more rock and roll. Yeah. Um, which I'm looking forward to seeing what Sturgill does with that, you know. Um, but still, you got the country roots. I mean, Sturgill has hung out and played music with Willie Nelson and Marl Haggard, and he knows those old fellas. Yeah. You know, he's learned from the best at this point, you know, what he didn't already know beforehand doing bluegrass music. Yeah. And I guess it goes back to, like, maybe, like, uh, Shooter and, like, uh, if you think that's country. What's the name of that song that he put out? Like, he was giving a throwback to his father. Oh, uh, when he outlaw you? Outlaw you. That's when he was making fun of all of the yeah. people, quote unquote, outlaw country people like Jason Aldean and Brian right. Gil- Brantley Gilbert these days. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if like it's it's that is like uh to me with country music and then we can we can hop off to a different genre, but like real country is like I don't know, I guess uh it's almost brushed under the rug to where you have to look, yeah. you have to look for it. And but like the thing about Alabama and like there was a festival in Jasper yeah. two weekends ago, mm-hmm. and they had Whiskey Myers, and everybody who was on that set that night were people that even if you weren't a country fan, you could enjoy. Yeah, it was just damn good music. Yeah. You know, like, that brings me to a point that I think a lot of people have brought up. And, and I had a conversation with a younger friend of mine the other night about what is real country. Okay. Like, for you and I, we consider real country 
Like a Merle Haggard. So it's 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 a moment in time because the country music that we consider real country, Merle Haggard, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash. I would go so far Willie as to say late eighties and then Well, you get into the eighties, then it got a little poppy because then you had Dolly and fucking Kenny Rogers doing the Islands in the Stream crap and mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, and Alabama coming out in the eighties and really hitting big and rocking it. And they're not they're not a traditional country band. They're not. They're a pop band. That happened to be from the South, so they sang it with a Fell country accent, you know? Yeah. So, like, what, like, and I've, I, I know this, and I can speak on this because I worked yeah. contemporary country radio for 11 years, and I met Carrie Underwood and mm-hmm. freaking Brantley Gilbert and Brad Paisley and Miranda Lambert and all of those people. But I think it's just like anything else, um, it's, it's a newer version of what was. There's no traditional. When you look at traditional country music, I think you got to look back to the blues. You got to look back to when bluegrass first became big in the mountains of wherever. Mm-hmm. You know, the bluegrass music. That's traditional country music. True. Now it's not traditional country. What we know as traditional country is not Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. You know, that's the country we think is real, just as the kids nowadays think that Luke Bryan and Brantley Gilbert and Frickin', you know, Tyler Bethard and all those people, that's real country to yeah. them. It's just a difference in generation. You yeah. know, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with what these guys are doing these days. No, no, I'm not, I'm not throwing any shit. No, no, I know you're not. Yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm not getting on to you. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm just saying that that's their That's their idea. version. That's their version. That's that's their Merle Haggard and their, their Willie, you know? Whereas we've got that. But then my grandfather might have said that, you know, he liked the Carter family a little more, you know, or he sure. liked the Leuven brothers or he liked, you know, uh, Ralph Stanley. That was his country music, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just a different, it's, it's a newer version of what was. Um, it's just like, you know, Facebook has been updated with, you know, all the recent bangs and pops, you know, it's the same thing. Country music has been too. Every form of music has been. Pop music is not what it used to be back in our parents' era, you know, or back in our era. One that uh, in in my mind, and I believe that it's it's beginning to catch up, and I'm I've been waiting for this radio station to pop up wherever it's going to happen. A country rap station, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Americana. Americana. Like yeah. a picture um, in Americana, like when you say that, that's such a broad term, but like just, sure, just, very broad term. Just 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 think about this. Fuzzy, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned them earlier. Yep, from Buffalo. Yeah, they they have a sound, and like when I think about Fuzzy, is in this area, what radio station would I put him on? I can't think of a format to where he belongs, except with maybe an Indies Only or to, with Front Porch Radio, which Meg Summers does every Sunday morning on Alt One Hundred One Seven yeah. from ten till noon. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that kind of thing, and like just think about okay, yeah, I could see you playing "Flow" by Sean James. Yeah, maybe on Alt One Hundred One Seven, and that come up, or think about Pony Bradshaw. Sure, I played Pony on. With shame. Yeah, I, I think that that belongs on like shame you, and bad teeth and whatever. It belongs else I play on from multiple it. Yeah. stations. Like yeah. it, it translates well overall. It does you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But like, but I can't. I can't pinpoint what station should should it be on. Sure. And so, like, I'm, I don't I don't know, man. Like, with these, 
a lot of the artists I've had on the show yep. who have had, like, Sean has had success on TV shows and he's had a song on a video game. Yeah. And, like, but I don't hear him on the radio. But you look on his Spotify and he's got millions. Yeah. It's like, so where's the disconnect, man? Like, where, where, where is an avenue to where I can hear him on my radio? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where the advent of, of um, satellite radio has come into play, you know, um, where you can have those special things like Outlaw Country, you know, which Mojo Nixon and, you know, Shooter Jennings, they have a big part in that and they have their own shows and Elizabeth Cook and stuff like that. I mean, there's a place for that. And shout but, out to Talia Slinger. Oh, man. Uh, World Cafe? Hell <laughs> yes. I love her. Um, she's awesome. But... Um, I just I think that like with commercial radio you're maybe never going to get that because commercial radio is geared for the person who doesn't know mm, mm, I'm not going to say that um, the person who has a form of music that they like mm-hmm. that they've grown up listening to and it's typically not off the beaten path and it's going to focus on their listening pattern which is about 13 minutes a day in the car on the way to work and 13 minutes on the way home from work. That's what contemporary radio or what celestial, uh, terrestrial radio, celestial. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good beer. Um, terrestrial <laughs> radio. That's what that they focus on. You know, that's their yeah. target is, is, is getting those people to tune in and know exactly what they're listening what they're to hear. Yeah. So it's like when I worked in country radio, I would have some really talented musicians send me music. And I'd be like, man, I'd love to play this. I'm like, well, okay, are you going to? And I'm like, no. Because I'm not going to drop a Carrie Underwood song or a Brad Paisley song to play that song. Because people are going to tune out when they hear it because they don't know it. People want to go with what they know. So the more these artists can get out there in front of people, the more they can do television, the more they can you know, come up to the radio station and do little quick little you know, minute-long interviews about a show they're doing and do a, you know, freaking 20 seconds of their song that's going to get them out there and get them more and the more they can get in front of the major labels and sadly that's part of, of, of where radio has gone it's gone back into the you know radio and the major labels kind of thing and there aren't very many shows out there like Front Porch Radio or Indies Only that support the independent music or they support for those people yeah thankful that you do what you do I mean Indies Only um, which if nobody knows Indies Only you can hear on Alt 1017 you can go to alt1017.com click the listen live link listen to my show you can also get the app you can also do the app um, and listen to it um, central time from 9 until midnight on Saturday nights but you know good thing about shows like independence only or indies only is it's what i like i mean i program a few things because of the record reps that i know or the bands that i've gotten to know over the years that i want to just throw a bone to but for the majority of the show it's me i've played fuzzy i've played sarah shook and the disarmers i've played country shit on my show but i've also played punk rock i've played metal stuff it's just, it's independent music. And like when I listen to your show, it's this fresh experience every time. Mm-hmm. Like even even if like I was to call you on a Thursday or Friday and be like, so what's up with on, what's up with the Indies Only this week? 
but I would never do that because I'm just going to tune in and listen. And be like, yeah. So what's don't, been, don't script the flow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So so what's been good with Monk this week? You know. Yeah. Like it's always an exciting time, and I always love those moments in the car to where I have a friend with me, and I put on 1017, and that nine to twelve block to wherever we're going. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that one night I texted you. And I can start, too, and I'll do this. I'll start texting you the uh, the playlist because I've been doing it for a lot of my friends because I have a playlist on my Google Docs Yeah. Um, because I know what the show is whenever I – because it's all pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, I usually record it on Saturday morning or Friday morning, and it airs that Saturday night. Um, but, uh, but I'll start shooting you that. But, I mean, I love it, man, because I get all this new music in, and there's so much stuff – I mean, people might pigeonhole me as loving a certain form of music, but I mean, there's some pop shit out there that I'm in love with, some rock stuff, some punk stuff, the new Subhumans, a band I grew up listening to, a punk rock band out of England. They just put out a new record on uh, Pirate Press that is phenomenal. And another artist that I'm going to bring up to you that I want you to check out, Okay. she just put out a new record on Sub Pop. Her name is Shannon Lay. Shannon Lay. Lay, L-A-Y. And I've been playing the song August on my show. As a matter of fact, I think her record is called I, August. I know that song. I've heard it. I mean, oh my yeah. gosh. That is one of the most phenomenal records I've yeah. heard so far this year. And there's just so much of that every week. You know, I get like 80 songs, literally yeah. 70 to 80 songs every week that I have yeah. to listen to. Some of them don't make the cut. Some of them do. But. Same with me now, man. I cannot believe um, Big John, he came over to the house mm-hmm. and to do a show. And uh, I had it laid out like uh, on, like above my desk, there's a stack of albums. And I cannot believe it is that these are bands that are sending porch talk music. Yeah, it's nice, man. Yeah, and like these are folks that are wanting to get on the show, and I'm listening through and I'm trying to just figure out what episode to put them on and when it makes sense, like with the flow of what we're talking about, and like. A lot of it is like, um, it is if I like it or not. Yeah. And then it's the same thing with you. Like anything from Flower Moon, if it's Taylor Hollinsworth or yeah. Louis Chiffano or anything, Maria yeah. Taylor. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry, but uh, you got my allegiance. So sure, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to play that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, like it's it's it just blows my mind that like... Uh, Porch Talk has become a place for musicians to send their music to and possibly be on the show. Yeah. And if I like it enough, I'm going to call you and get you on the show. I mean, you, you started the show. The show has become what it is because of everything that's happened. It's all, you know, because you started the show, you you knew the idea. Yeah. But you didn't know where it'd go. I, yeah. And you were completely open to it. And yeah. you let people like Sarah Shook and... And random bands, all different genres, all come onto the, the show. Yes, exactly. And it's come together, and it's become a really cool podcast. It's become something you love and you're passionate about, just like Indies Only. Yeah. You know, at first, the first, if you listen to the first ten episodes, that's mainly what the the independent promoters were sending me. Yeah. Past that, I've made the relationships through social media or wherever with these bands, and so I'll throw one in there. Yeah. You know, I get getting reconnect with Taylor Hollingsworth. I start playing his song. I think he ended up the most played artist on Indies Only. 
when it was all said and done. He's the most played I, artist on the I played him talk. for like three. <laughs> yeah, I played him for like three months straight on my show. At least two months, I know solid. I try to I try to put him in there. As but much I, as I him, same with Brad Armstrong, man. Oh my gosh, Brad is such a sweetheart of a fella too. Same with them both. Like with uh, the opening of every um, off the deep, and I do a big John. Yeah, I use the opening. Uh, to his album, the first yeah. song, uh, Brother Ford. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like oh, that, a phenomenal that, that song, is yeah. like where the radio's cutting in and out, and like you're changing channels, and like if you hear the gospel, and you are not moved, yeah. and like we're about to go off the deep end and like do conspiracy, and I was like, how ironic yeah. <laughs> that we're gonna like tune, like dial it in, <laughs> dial it in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just a shout out to Brad, you know, yeah. just because like I. I love what Brad is doing, and I want people to know who Brad Armstrong is. Same with Taylor Hollinsworth. Mm-hmm. Birmingham, born and raised, Alabama, and I am so excited about his music because there is nothing like Taylor Hollinsworth. No. You're not going to find another voice like that, and another. His, he's got his own style of guitar yeah. playing. And just to be able to, like, uh, caught that show at Druid City Brewing, and... When I got there, Taylor was sitting at the bar. I ran late because I didn't estimate how long it was going to take to get from Starville to Tuscaloosa. Yeah. And on top of that, like I had to work over. And he was just sitting at the bar. And I walked in, and uh, I just grabbed him by the shoulder. I said, Taylor, what's up? And he said, oh, you're here. I said, yeah, man. And uh, we walked right back you know, to the, uh, to the left, if you were at the bar, the brewing section. Yeah. And uh, the guys at Druid City were kind enough to, like, help set up a table and, like, make everything nice, brought us a beer. And we sat down and had the podcast. And, um, man, uh, it was unreal just to be able to sit down with Taylor, you know. He's got a hell of a story. And, like, of all the bands that he's been in and all the traveling that he's done, and and I'm just mind blown, like, when I talk to people. And I was like, how do you not know? I implore anyone out there to go out and pick up a Dead Fingers record. That go. that to me is the best introduction. That's Taylor and his wife and some friends. Rings around Saturn, man. Oh my gosh! And he did that song for me when he played Sunstroke. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my god, he heard me. Oh my god! I was like a little groupy bitch, but but no, um, yeah. There's so many good bands out there that just need that little leg up they need that indies only or they need that you know porch talk yeah that's, you know that's, they need that little handout they need somebody fuzzy uh taylor you know so many bands right now i'm playing two phenomenal bands from alabama one from birmingham called kinsey with a capital k capital z for whatever reason i don't know and then a band out of florence called carver commodore mm-hmm. which has there i've only got one song of theirs and it's blown my mind i can't wait to hear the whole record so check those guys out. Mark that down on your little we'll sheet there. Yeah. Go ahead and... What was that band one more time? Carver Con- Commodore. Check that out. Carver Commodore. They got a song out now called Black Plastic. Black Plastic. And it is like they have stepped themselves up. And there are tons of Birmingham bands like from years back that I've been into. We'll look at you know, we'll look at Dead Fingers, Taylor Hollingsworth, uh, Promise the Ghost, Haste, all of these fucking phenomenal bands that came out of that area. Um, Payback was another big band, Skeptic. And we're not not even scratching the surface. No, no, no. But but Carver Commodore, 
those guys are going to do something. They're going to be something fucking big. You're going to hear about Carver Commodore, and I don't know why I can't say their name. You're going to hear about them two years from now. We could have this conversation two years from now and be like, remember when I said that about Carver yeah. Commodore? I was right. Yeah. Yeah. They're That's going to be one of those yeah. things. I feel the same way whenever I talk about fuzzing the rust belts. And like, I, I, I just believe in what they're doing, man. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff, and man. They just had a festival three weeks ago and they played with Willie Nelson, you know? Allison I know. Krauss, those I follow same them on Instagram. Cats, you know? I see them. Yeah, I see them with all the pictures. The Willie Nelson. And stuff. it's so crazy because a year ago, or almost a year ago, is when I first found Fuzzy, and like me and him had done the same thing. I got into the NPR Tiny Desk concert series. Oh, um, it was one of the you, best. You know the comp, the competition. Yeah. I done it for my show. I didn't do it with the uh, implication of trying to win. I didn't. I wasn't trying to win. I just like I figured it would be an avenue for me to put one of my original songs out, but to also plug my podcast. Yeah, and it worked. And then through that, I met Fuzzy. And yeah. then, like, I was in another group on social media, like it was like Americana kind of thing, and I saw him there too. And like we met twice. Yeah. And so it was almost to the point to where I was like, "This has got to happen." Like me and you have got to be boys <laughs> yeah and I it's, it's been the, the greatest thing being able to promote Fuzzy and the Rust Bells I, I, I truly believe in those guys Lord and bless the, and social they, media and they just get better yeah like every time I see a live video of them they're completely honing their craft and they're they're like diamond in just who they're gonna be yeah and it just gets better and better I mean, it's good to see. It's good to see any band doing that. I'm telling you, man. You know, not just to get up and do the same old shit and and cover the same old songs every night, but to yeah. continue to to refine their craft. You and know? then I'm mean, just thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Sunstroke House, uh, uh, John Isbell, uh, Sean James's manager, Sean James. Thank y'all so much for coming on the show, because. Because of your name coming on, that gives people a chance to maybe go back on the catalog yeah, and yeah. be introduced to when I sat down with these bands that may be a lot more obscure than Sean. Because Sean is fairly well known. Mm-hmm. But not even as well known as I would like, that he deserves. Sure, sure. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. And then, like, just only, just Indy's only, man. I'm just... Thank God there's someone in this area that is doing this, that is trying to get these people out there. Yeah. Because they're breaking their necks trying to do it. They're working these shitty nine-to-fives, and then they get off work, hustle home, shower up, get ready, load up, go out, bust the bar, and then, boom, next day they're probably back at their nine-to-five. Yep. But they, what they really want to do is be making music because that's what they're passionate yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And that's what so many of them are so freaking good at. They've honed it for so many years. They've been in the band practices since they were 16 years old. Yeah. You know, and now they're in their whatever years, you know. And I'm not and out there saying that every local band deserves it because they don't. Because no. some, some, most, maybe, are shit. Yeah. And I, sorry. But and, and I'll tell you this, Alan, because you do the podcast. If you get any bands and that you can bring it to me because I am the most honest radio personality. I've worked radio for over 30 years. I've seen bands come and go. If you have a demo and you just want to know the 100% truth about your demo, send it to me. 
or send it to Alan and he'll give it to me and say, hey, I need Monk's opinion on this. I'll give you a truthful opinion of it. There you go. Because I've seen them come and go. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you that you're going to be the next best thing because I know radio stations aren't going to drop playing Carrie Underwood for you. You know? <laughs> so I've had, it. <laughs> I've had it too. Like, uh, I mean, it's just like, and it's no offense to them, man. None. And I mean, I wouldn't even mind having them on the show, but it's like... Uh, uh, it's almost to that point now. Would I would I drop being able to play because I have permission from so many wonderful artists yeah. to play anything that they've done? Yeah. Would I drop them to play you? That's what you got to look at. You have yeah. to think about that. Yeah. Yes, I, this this is a podcast for artist discovery, but brother, you got to work a little bit harder. Than sure, that. sure. And I mean, I think a lot of bands appreciate that. You know, a lot of bands appreciate it here because uh, I've told a few in because the past. It is a cut. It's not off. the best fucking feeling it's like firing somebody at work when you're the boss yeah but you got to let them know look maybe you need to work on this this and this yeah you know come back to me in a year when you've honed this a little more yeah don't get out there and think that after freaking four practices that you got a product that's you know ready to go out to the world but i mean there are so many bands i'm sure there are still some bands out there that after four practices they got it (laughs) you know we'll tell you We start us a consulting company, there brother. There you go. I, I, I think we're, we're finally getting at what we need to do. Porch Talk Consulting. There That's you go. what we do. We'll, right we'll name it something else. <laughs> but yeah. Well, brother, I think I've uh, I think we've covered everything that we need to cover. Man, I, I feel pretty good about things, man. I'm looking forward to this weekend going to the um, and this will maybe air during the weekend or, or first get placed. I'm, I'm looking this to drop Thursday. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm going to the Bourbon and Beyond Festival. Um, I finally get to see live the Foo Fighters, which I've never seen. That'll be good. Edie Brickell and New Bohemians, which I'm looking so forward to. So I was a huge fan of theirs. Um, I get to see Whiskey Myers, which I've seen before, I think, in Tuscaloosa at the Jupiter. Not real sure. Maybe a drunk at night. <laughs> but I know they played there a couple times. I may have seen them. But, I mean, so many great bands. I get to see John Fogarty, Robert Plant, Allison Krauss. There you go, Union man. Station. There you go. Um... Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats again. Where's this at? I gotta get my ticket. Uh, Louisville, ticket Kentucky. Okay, not getting the ticket. Yeah, it's a big old. Kentucky. It's a big old. Yeah, that's a six and a half hour drive from Mississippi. So yeah, I can't afford that. But next weekend. podcast, we'll talk yeah. about the experiences. Well, dude, I gotta ask you this. As much as I hate it, but uh, film thirty seconds of Nathaniel Rateliff because I've been trying to see them for two years and just haven't been able to do it. Man, and I wish I you, love Nathaniel Rateliff. I wish you and I would have been love doing him. this two years ago because he played a free show in downtown Tupelo at whatever like the yearly festival they have downtown. I would have loved to caught that because when I found the night sweats and I yeah. went back and looked at his early work because like Nathaniel Rateliff's story is like recovering alcoholic yeah. and like problems and like the angst and all of everything that came along with it was in those early when it was just Nathaniel Rateliff. Oh my gosh. Because like, it's a song called Still Trying. Such a great vocalist and songwriter in his own right without the band behind him. my favorite song hands down yeah. by him. It's called Still Trying. And that song Well, is, if he plays it and I'm not drunk on the bourbon because it is a bourbon festival, <laughs> I will try to get you a video recording of it. But uh, but yeah, man, definitely in two for everybody listening. Check out Nathaniel Rateliff without the night sweats. Yeah, do that. Delve into that. That stuff is phenomenal. And the night sweats is great. Sure, Nathaniel Rateliff. It's a completely different sound. And the thing about like when he put out "Son of a Bitch," and we've talked about this on the podcast. That was uh, the first night sweat album. Um, That was 
if this doesn't work, it's over. Yeah. Then I'm I'm gonna go back to a nine to five. I'm gonna go back and get a career. You know, we tried, but it didn't work. And then for whatever reason, son of a bitch, kicked off. Yeah. And now they're, you know, like maybe not headlining, but they're, you know, the next row down of headlining most major festivals everywhere. Yeah. And so. Huge believer in Nathaniel Radcliffe. So glad of what he's overcome and what he's doing. Yep. Love what they're doing. Props. Why, brother? It's been another episode of Force Talk. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, brother. News and notes. On radio, I understand the advent of Spotify and Pandora and that the way that people ingest music has changed over the years. Now, um, there is still the masses, and it is still played where you eat and shop. It's this general knowledge of music that is acceptable. And so the whole conversation, as you grasp, if you're still here, is it's about making the obscure less obscure, and it was talking about ways of uh, getting it out. Now, I promise a triple feature. It'll be a double. The triple is what you just heard, um, the song I shared about, playing uh, it didn't fit it did not work with the format and so we'll close this show out with two songs we're going to start out with 50 million by fuzzy and the rust bounce so here you go good riddance have a nice life throw away the garbage don't forget to tie it tight Stirring my words in the only
That was 50 million by Fuzzy and the Rust Belts, and now we're going to shut this thing on down with Taylor Hollingsworth. And Monk said the way that you should be introduced, if you haven't been so already, is by him and his wife with the Dead Fingers, a song called Ring Around Saturn. And so, this is your close. I'm getting on out of here. Peace out. <laughs> And now we're going steady You know I think I'm ready Got mystery eyes and a sweet tattoo All about the way she sings the blues Now realize we're good together Good materialize into life forever No more taking time Gotta get this settled I'm breaking the line I'll put the pedal to the metal Tell you what I'm gonna do Tell your mama marry you Crank the generator, the great glass elevator Gonna shoot us up to the moon Put you in a rocket soon We'll take a little dipper cruise The ring around Saturn's not a big enough ring for you Of a life being stuck in the mind, trying to make a dime, just a waste of my time. When I opened my eyes to my surprise, there she was awaiting, take me into my prime. Now I'm really living, now I got it going, now I'm really getting it, now I'm really showing. No more living life like a beat up mess, no more lonely nights with my TV set. Tell you what I'm gonna do, tell your mama marry you. Crank the generator, the great glass elevator Gonna shoot us up to the moon Put you in a rocket soon We'll take a little dipper cruise The ring around Saturn's not a big enough ring for you Loving to Aquarius Loving to Centaurus Love all over Neptune I'm 11 through 62 Fed me a spaghetti and now we're going steady And oh, I think I'm ready Got victory eyes and a sweet tattoo All about the way she sings the blues Now realize we're good together Good materialize into life forever No more taking time, gotta get this settled I'm breaking the line, I'll put the pedal to the metal Tell you what I'm gonna do Tell your mama Mary the generator, the great bus elevator, gonna shoot us up to the moon. Put you in a rocket soon. We'll take a little dipper cruise. The ring around Saturn's not a big enough ring for you. The ring around Saturn's not a big enough ring for you. The ring around Saturn's not a big enough ring for you. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.